Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever you're listening, welcome to another edition of the Temperamental Gooners podcast. I'm here with my Temperamental Gooners, uh, Amari and Kibbs. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Yo, yo, doing, doing good. What's going on, boys? What's going on? Good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Uh, it's been a. It's been a. It's been a positive week in the Arsenal world, so we should be happy, shouldn't we? A positive week, a draw with Palace at home, and then a real, real good win with Newcastle at home. So I suppose we can't complain. We can't be too temperamental, right? Uh, I will maintain that this podcast has produced the upturn in our results because we haven't lost in six. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? That, that, that's, all, that, that's all we needed to do, boys. All we needed to do was finally get together, start discussing the issues of the team, and who knows, Mikel Arteta was listening to us and now the upturn in the league, in the league form, right? That's all he we needed to he do. Heard, he heard me for sure. So my, highlight, <laughs> my highlights this season were Chelsea, the turnaround, and my lowest point of, of his reign was the Burnley game. So he's, he's, he's been listening. They might, they might be blaring us out in the changing room pre-match. <laughs> yeah, I hope no, actually. I think I've, we've been given a few... <laughs> Some of the players a bit of flack. We want to meet uh, William. Well, oh, yeah, <laughs> not on road ever. No. Actually, I would. I would want to meet him on road. Actually. No, no, he'd whack me up, man. Uh, uh, he, you see, he does not look mobile anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't look mobile whatsoever. So I, I, I'm happy to. Yeah, I'm happy to, to throw uh, yeah. a pie at him and then run. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, right, uh, what I, I'm going to have to admit, although I said we can't get too temperamental, I'm going to get a bit temperamental with the first game that we're going to review, which is uh, the Palace home game. So I'm going to quickly go through the um, the lineup for for Arsenal on that day. So we had Leno in goal, uh, Bellerin uh, right back, Holding and Louise came in. I think that was when Pablo Mari got his injury. Uh, unfortunately, KT3, uh, Kieran Tierney, he got an injury. So Ainsley came in, like we were asking before, maybe to see him some games. Sabayas and Xhaka in the midfield, basically the midfield. Then we had uh, Bakaya Saka, Smithrow, Abamyang uh, as the three behind Lacazette up front. And the score was a pretty dreadful, dull nil-nil. So boys, uh, where, where to start really on this one? Um, let's talk about the the changes quickly because we've got two games to review, so we have to move through these things faster. I know, but let's talk about the, the changes to the team. So let's start with you, Kibbs. Uh, Amn and uh, Louise coming in. Uh, how did you how did you see them yeah. performing? Okay. Yeah, you, you, so I think I'll go first with Louise because I think we discussed in the previous podcast that you know he's a player that could come in and and yeah, just be solid. He's someone that we could bring in perhaps when there's an injury or if we need cover, even playing him in a three. So I wasn't so surprised to see him there. I think he, I think he done okay. He done all right. Um, again, sometimes he didn't really, he didn't get that much of the ball and, and do what we usually used to see, see him doing. So maybe like distributing the ball, like missing the lines between midfield and ganging up to the four players, but we didn't see much of that. Um, but, Ultimately, he's there to defend first and foremost. So yeah. I'm happy that we were able to get a... Uh, I'm happy that we didn't lose the game because <laughs> that yeah. easily could have happened because they had the better chances. But on to Ainsley. Uh, without even speaking to both of you, I feel 
they will all feel the same way about his performance. Um, he has his moments, that's the thing with Ainsley. So, like, I think before he came off, uh, he, he was quite high up the pitch um, and he managed to create a, a chance for himself out of nothing, really. He creates some yeah. space, jiggled in between two, two, two players um, and took the shot. But bar that, I just think in possession, he was poor. Poor. He gives the ball away so much. Um, and, you know, even some of the positions he finds himself in, like I know we know Ainsley as a player who can, who's really able to get back and make recovery tackles well, but he, I just found at times he was, he was leaving us exposed. Yeah, yeah. Amari, uh, Ainsley, let's start with you on Ainsley first. I mean, it was really like, well, like Kibbs has just said, you know, sloppy in possession. Just is a bit too, we, we like his relaxed character, especially when he takes penalties, right? We all love it when he takes his penalties with his relaxed, mm-hmm. with his laid back self. But it, he needs to bring more energy and enthusiasm, right? Especially when he's given a chance like that, when he's just into the first team again. Yeah, he, he, he lacks conviction when he plays sometimes. And I feel, I, feel, I feel for him a little bit because he came in at left back, which is like, as a, as a right-footed player that doesn't want to play fullback anyway um it's tough but at the same time i think he he should be thinking about i think if he if he had switched on to the fact that arteta likes him as a fullback he could have taken that right back slot off of bellerin at Mm. the start of this season um but instead he he's just completely faded away from the team and yeah he, he just seems to lack focus when he's on the pitch kind of careless and I think it was, it's a difficult task to come in, replace Kiratini, who'd been such an outlet. Um, and I'm not asking him to do the same thing as Tierney would have done out there on the left, but he had opportunities. Even that chance that you're talking about, uh, Kibbs, when he, he cut in, like the shot kind of just felt like lacked a bit of conviction. He has that ability. He doesn't show it often enough. Um, but one thing I did want to say is that we mentioned um, last week that Arteta could have rested um, KT, yeah. he could have rested yeah. Mari, and then you know a couple of days later those guys dropped straight out of the team because of injuries and luckily KT's back again, but yeah, I think we could have done more to rest a couple of players in the, in the Newcastle game, potentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think David Luiz, you know what you're going to get from him. He was, a bit, he was a bit frustrating in terms of how much he slowed down the play. But I think it was a bit contagious with everyone um, in the Palace game. Yeah. They all looked a little bit bored to be there as well. <laughs> and I felt bored watching it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just I, I don't want to bash Ainsley because we, we all like him. And, you know, we saw what a great job he did in the FA Cup final as a, as, a, as a wing back. And what a job he can do, as Kib says, in terms of his recovery challenges. But it's just he needs to have more conviction when he has these chances. He just looks too cool for school. And it's annoying because he's such a talented guy, and we all and he's one of the boys. He's you know he's a he's an academy boy, but we need to see him try a bit harder. And with Louise, yeah, a bit of hairy moments, uh, you know, with Benteke's chance and uh, Tompkins, Benteke and Tompkins, they had two chances. He brought the ball up, didn't really do much with it. Um, so yeah, you know he was, and you know there was that instant with him and, and Zaha. Although he was 
he marshaled it well. I thought Granit Xhaka did quite a, had a quite a good game that 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 um, against Palace. He made quite a few couple of good recovery tackles. Uh, I felt uh, like challenges on Zaha. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll do, I, I, okay. <laughs> I feel like we're going to say the same thing, Gibbs. <laughs> go, go on. on. Personal no, go on, you go, on you, go, you, go, you go, you go. No, I'll just be generous. I thought he actually had an okay game, I would say. I thought he's one of our better players. What I've noticed with him in, in the last few games and, and that game is um, the position he takes up to like cut, kind of cover our fullbacks. He seems to be in the right position right now to, to make um, important challenges. Um, so yeah, I've, I've noticed that in the past game and I've noticed that in the past few games. Yeah, I think on the ball, he had probably one of his less good performances because his distribution was a bit strange. But I think recovery-wise, he was doing things I haven't, that I normally complain about him not doing. Yeah. Um, getting there, making, making recovery blocks and challenges. Uh, he seems a little bit more focused at the moment. But I'm still just waiting. <laughs> he, hundred percent, still haphazard. You never know. It's coming. But, but <laughs> I, I almost feel sounds strange. But us with like set pieces or conceding like set pieces corners, I feel much more confident with him in there. Yeah, really yeah. Strange to say, he deals. Yeah, he, he, he deals he's, with. He's, yeah. But the problem with with Granite is he's always the one to give away a free kick in that sort of like danger zone, right? He always gives away a free kick in and around the D. I mean, we got we got away with it against Palace this time, but you know I'm always concerned anytime he goes to the ground. But something you mentioned there, uh, Omari, going back to how in the previous pod we were hoping uh, Arteta was going to mix things up so as to keep things fresh for the Palace game. KT three obviously was in was uh, injured, didn't make the start against Palace. Uh, Pretty much the last thing on the Palace game before we move on to Newcastle, maybe. How stark is it that we're that we've got a problem on the left side? If Kieran Tierney doesn't play on the left side, we've got a major problem. That's what we show. That's what happened. Listen, in Crystal Palace. It may be to even the point that you may have to move back to back uh, a three, potentially. Mm. Without him there to cover. For, yeah. Yeah, because we don't have a le- we don't have a left back. We don't, we don't have a there. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> you know yeah, where it needs to be. is so influential. But yeah, I mean, we've got problems then. We, we've got Klasnach is gone, which is fair enough. That's what we wanted. Um, but we've got no other left back. And if Ainsley shows that kind of performance, we're going to be in real trouble if Kiarantini gets injured. I, I, yeah, I just think Ainsley there consistently, even with a c- consistent amount of games, I'm not too sure you'd be able to apply himself in the way that we need him to be. So yeah, that is... Yeah, that is a worry, but you never know of him. That's the thing. You, you really don't. Like right. every time, every time I, I Kibbs, we we again when we when we used to live together, we had this debate all the time. It'd be like yeah. he's actually really good, and then there will come the games where he just decides this is all too easy. I can't. Anyway, yeah, enough enough amen bashing because I really want him to to succeed. I, yeah, uh, really KT, like him. yeah, yeah. KT three uh, boys. KT three. Are yeah. we? Are we? Yeah. Let's yeah we so we're lacking down that side. Um, yeah. Let me have an honourable mention for oh, after you after you. you yeah, I was just gonna it. say one thing. Well, two things. We mentioned in the Newcastle the Newcastle Cup game that like we look like we need that eleven or or we can rely on about twelve of our players, and if any one of them isn't playing, we look like pretty pretty mm-hmm. lightweight, um, especially going forward. Um, 
and we'll come and talk about the new the Newcastle League game, but you could see how much better our balance was once KT was back in. Yeah. We had Spiffro and Saka and Mbamiang, Lacazette up front. It all seemed to just work a lot better but straight away. Can can I just add something to that, actually? Um, just looking at the top teams, I think you find a lot of the top teams now, it, it may not be by choice to be... It may not be by choice, actually. But they 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 do rotate quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of injuries, you're seeing like different iterations of teams, such as United, City, even Liverpool to an extent. But then you look at Leicester. That's the same mm-hmm. team week yeah. in, week out. So you have to be wary of injuries. But I can also see, you know, yeah, I can also the, see the benefits of playing the, the team, playing the same team consistently. Yeah. I, I, I need to, before we move on, I need to have an honourable mention for Danny Ceballos because I actually thought in that Palace game in the first half, he was the player who looked to instigate a lot of stuff. There were some hairy moments where he got the balls in the ball in a tight space and I didn't think he was going to wiggle out of it and then somehow he did. But he was always on the offensive and he played a lot of great balls. I think he played a really great crossfield ball to Bamiang over on the left-hand side and, uh, it, well, it didn't turn out to be anything. But I, I just think he had a good game. Uh, overall in that one but it's it's not a game that we you know and you know some you know some of our listeners might think okay they're just skirting over it but it's nil nil it was a pretty dire game I think we've we've talked about the main points I think we can look yeah no Amari you go for it (laughs) one question go for it you guys how did you guys feel when like Enketia came on were you like okay yeah now we're in with a chance or did you just think no it's not it's not (laughs) To be honest, he's not. And, I, and I've been thinking about Enketia. I've been thinking, who does he need to be? He needs to be our Jermaine Defoe. That is the closest person that he can be, if anything. Jermaine Defoe on Prime, because I can see Kibbs shaking his head. Jermaine Defoe on Prime <laughs> is, is the only thing I can see Enketia trying to get close to. Apart from that, I don't see him but, but, having an Arsenal career. If he can be that kind of an impact sub and be that kind of deadly in the box as Defoe was in his prime then maybe but yeah he doesn't you, <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. think we're going to push yeah. when he comes on okay fair enough I understand that bit more of what you're saying I just thought Defoe you know had the turn of pace he had a bit more about him uh, uh, yeah 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 because yeah, Defoe, yeah, Defoe was a baller yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's still doing he bits in like Rangers that, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, not really doing bits but yeah I, I, I wish he I wish you had signed him that time I think his I think there was between him and Reyes, and we signed Reyes. But anyway, that's another story. Let's look at the Newcastle game, boys. Let's look at the Newcastle game. So I think the only changes in the starting lineup was uh, KT3 came in, thank goodness. So Tierney at left back. And surprisingly, well, actually, there were three changes. Surprisingly, Cedric Soares came, Soares, rather, came in for Bellerin on the right. And then uh, Thomas Partey uh, starting in front of Sabias. And this, we looked a lot more... Definitely in the second half, we looked more positive, but it seemed as if we had a bit more about us in this game from the off, don't you think? Or was it a bit of like, again, Mm -hmm. Arsenal plodding in the first half? I think we always do that. I don't know why it has to take for us for the second half to wake up. What do you guys think? I think the first 15, 20 minutes, we were really struggling to... uh, Although we had chance, I, I, I think... I was kind of thinking in those like kind of first 15 minutes, like... When is our like chance going to happen? I'm not too sure entirely the minute which the Bamiang chance mm. happened, but it's a bit 
tepid. We'll, we'll still get them together. We need a bit of time yeah. to get it together. But at the same time, if I could just point this out, I think Steve Bruce tried it. I really think how he set up was slightly different. I think he... Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about He went about essentially for 4-4-2, four, 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 essentially. He, he went, he, he, that, that defence was playing pretty high, man. They were leaving yeah. a lot of space for us to attack into. Yeah. Um, and But at the same time, you know, you saw Almer and he had his moments... Like cutting, and they had they had a few chances, but yeah, I, I I think the way they set up at first, it took us maybe like the first fifteen twenty minutes to get like adjusted to get used to, and then it got a bit better. Yeah, I think I felt like we were a lot more comfortable at the back than we were against Palace. Like, yeah, so that's just probably because Newcastle were a little bit less of an like they're a little less potent going forward. But um, yeah, I suppose. Partey and Xhaka probably need a little bit of time to to get to click in and and working together. They haven't played together much, but once they once yeah once they grew into the game a bit and Smith Rowe started picking up the pockets. I mean he he it was his link up with Suarez that led to Saka going through and and having that shot across the keeper for Aubameyang's miss. I felt like we had more control over the game. But yeah, in that second half, I don't know what Newcastle's back line was doing for that first goal. But yeah, I mean, Partey made that, made that little move and pass look really easy. But Shimmied. The, the fact that Aubameyang was one-on-one with that guy, yeah, it was all, it was all over. So, uh, boys, are you taking credit away from Thomas Partey, Shimmy, and just saying that it was Newcastle's fault? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. He made that, that look really yeah. easy, but it was, it was, <laughs> was long. From- yeah, like own <laughs> half, like those games. Yeah. Shimmy, Dutch then, pass. I, yeah, chip. He almost like half scoop, half chip that pass forward. Just stabbed it forward, and boom! It was, it was so it was, early as well. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that. Our midfield's not had that like quick early, early passing at the earliest opportunity. And that that's what I was just about to say. That you know what Partey brings is just like you know that. Variety of him being box to box, but at the same time, he can do something special like that at a one time out ball and bang, you're in. So that was, uh, that was, that was great for him to, to get to release a Bamiang like that. A Bamiang still had quite a bit, a bit to do to finish, given his form, given the first half where he had like two or three chances that he, that he missed, which he should have got more on target. I was getting frustrated with Oba, to be honest. But he really brought it back with that finish, and you know it's all from it's all from Partey doing like you know a little two step pretty much, <laughs> and then uh, and then Abamyang's in, so that makes us that makes us uh, go one nil up. Uh, the next goal is is Saka. Uh, a bit again, Partey's got something to do with this one, hasn't he? Um, if I remember, and then it's Smith Rowe who cuts the ball in. Yeah, I think yeah. He, yeah. If I remember correctly, Abamyang and then yeah. Abamyang on the line for Smith Rowe. And then yeah, um. And just to say with that as well, that was a really, that Saka goal. Oof, Smith Rowe, yeah. I, I like how those two actually, at times, they, they kind of like swap positions. Yeah, and yeah. then they'll, again, end up in the position they're supposed to be. Like, it was just, what, what I really noticed about Smith Rowe is picking up, not just in pockets, where he's picking up the ball, like, deeper. And that's how it allowed him to, like, connect quite well with um, Cedric as well. He's picking up the ball, receiving it, and then he was just looking to move it on that one touch. Yeah. 
quite quickly. He was just, I think I read he had, he's had like seven goal involvements in, in 10 appearances. Yeah. yeah. He's been absolutely integral to everything good that we've been doing. Yeah. I mean, he's done it on the right and the left. Yeah. Like, I know we'll probably talk about Smith for a bit more, but even in like the Palace game, the one time where I thought, oh, we've opened them up, he made a, he like made a charge. He picked out a pass that was meant to be for Lacazette. I don't know if you guys remember it. But um, Bellerin like took it off Lacazette's feet, and yeah, I was like, yeah, "That was yeah. the most dangerous yeah. chance we yeah. made in that yeah. whole match, yeah. and it was him." And yeah. then um, he, yeah, on on Monday night, yeah, he just makes the right decisions, and 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 the like biggest praise I have for him is that there was a moment where he was in behind um, the back line, and he just had a simple cross for Bamiyang, and he saw it, and he tried to make it. And he misplaced it. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, <laughs> was like, oh. he misplaced the pass. Like, and he knew as well. He was like, ah. Oh. And I don't know if I'd feel the same way, like if, if Willian or, or Pepe didn't manage to like whip that ball across for Bamiyang, I'd just probably be like, that's as expected. You know, we go again. Great, great. Yeah, great, great technical ability. The both yeah. of them. I'm comparing him to Saka because I see Smith Rowe doing what Saka does on the right-hand side, like kind of taking it on his left and then onto his right. And then Smith mm-hmm. is also able to have it on his right, cut into his left. Mm-hmm. Um, technically sounds. I, I really, I'm, I'm not, I knew he was good, but from what I've seen yeah. so far, I, he just, yeah. just sees, he, he does remind me of Meza a bit, actually. They're just, they're different. He's a bit more injections of pace, but... Meza was also able to run onto balls as well, and especially when you know it's at Real Madrid, you, you kind of see those comparisons. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, the, for the Saka goal, he the way he like he slowed down the defender, sped him up again, slowed him down, sped him up again. He just picks out the pass, no worries. That's, Good yeah. finish by Saka as well. That that but, finish uh, is identical. That finish is identical to what Saka gave. Uh, Nicolas Pepe against Newcastle last year when we beat Newcastle 4-0 and I just think to myself look at where they are now Pepe is probably seeing mm-hmm. it on the bench and thinking that's the exact same goal I scored look where this kid has taken himself up to those guys have become so integral but m- my thing is I just don't want to hype them up too much and I know that this is a thing because I still need Smith Rowe he's getting a lot a lot of praise he's getting a lot of love but you know, I don't want him to, to start thinking he's made it. And to be fair, he looks a bit humble by everything that's going on. And hopefully we can just, I still think we need someone to sort of like go with him because he, he can't be the mainstay of us right yeah. now. I, I, I don't care what Arsenal fans have to say or how they make <laughs> about it. What he's done in this small period is enough for a player of his age, even yeah. if he doesn't quite push on like we might want him to in the second half of, of the season. What he's done... Is, has shown me enough to see that he's a player that we we need to trust, like yeah. moving forward. So yeah, to that point, maybe we won't. I go don't want it. him to be another Jack. I think that's just before Omari comes in. That's my fear. I don't want to. You know, it's it, Jack Wilshere is probably the greatest tragedy of Arsenal in the last sort of like ten to seven years because that guy, when you saw him in the youth teams and you saw him when he first came into the Arsenal team when he was playing the League Cup games and then we came into the league team proper, there was a lot of hype and he was doing really well and then the injuries. So that that's that's just what I'm yeah. maybe a bit fearful for. Sorry, Amari, if you're going to 
I was just gonna say, yeah, like he's he's showing a level of of maturity when he plays and, and consistency <clears throat> from throw already. But we will know more in the next six games. Yeah. We'll know a hell of a lot more. Like, let's yeah. see. Like, I, I, I'm like, I'm like Kibbs. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to trust that he's got enough to like make a real difference because he's made a real difference and he's he stepped in at a time where we were at a low. So maybe I mean it goes both ways. It's difficult to come into a team when it's that that low down, but at the same time, it's also maybe a bit easier. The pressure's a bit off him because it was almost like free hits at that time. <laughs> And now he's built up a bit of an expectation of himself. Let's see if he can keep to it. But yeah, I'm optimistic. Saka has kicked on over the last year. Why? Why? Why can't he? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Let's yeah. uh, let's let's wrap this bit up, boys. And just to wrap it up, we're just going to go back to our predictions, and then we're going to go to the predictions leaderboard, and then we'll be we'll be back for the 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 big debate. So I think on the Palace game, Amari had it three uh, one. Kibbs had it two one. I had it one one, so uh, yeah. So I get uh, I get a, I get the point there, don't I? I get the point there. You guys don't get anything because you predicted wins. But the Newcastle game, Omari went two nil. Uh, Kibbs went one one, and then I went two one. So I think that puts me uh, with a point each time. That puts me on five points. I'm top of the leaderboard now, and Omari and Kibbs are on joint three points. So yeah. Old man toes is coming back. So on that note, <laughs> I'm going to run to a break and enjoy my uh, enjoy me being on top of the predictions board. Right after this, we'll be back for the big debate. And the big debate this week, boys, Meza Ozil, what's his Arsenal legacy? We'll be back right after this. All right, we're back for part two of the Temperamental Gunas podcast. Uh, we're looking into the big debate, Meza Ozil and his legacy. But just before we do that, we did not give over his his, his true his true sort of like you know grace. He scored a second one, didn't he, uh, Amari? Good play from yeah. Cedric Swartz. Yeah, yeah, Alba wouldn't be happy with us given that we talked about his his, his lack of goal scoring <laughs> before, and then he, he bags two, and we we just forget about it. But yeah. Cedric had a good. Cedric had a decent game. I don't know if it was as amazing as everyone's saying. I don't think he's been as bad as everyone's been saying before. I don't think last night makes him amazing either. But I just think he's a he's a solid right back. Um, and yeah, did well. Grew into the game. Did well for the goal. Um, cutting into a really dangerous area. I think Gary Neville was banging on about it on Sky Sports after the game about you know took that extra touch. And then uh, yeah, Abamyang's bread and butter tap in. Yeah. In the middle of the goal. He looked, VA... he looked back to himself a bit. Yeah. VAR worked for us for once, uh, Kibbs. VAR. Yeah, yeah. It did. Uh, just a quick shout out to Orb, actually. Uh, I think he reached 300 career goals um, within that game. And I think he's lost about 78 and counting for him now. So let's, um, let's see what we get to 100. All right. All right. I can't, I can't move on with the podcast without a shout-out to my boy, Kenny, Crystal Palace fan. Gutted we didn't beat you, but yeah, hopefully next time when we're at, uh, when we're at Selhurst Park, uh, we can... Uh, Kibbs, you know, you know, you remember Kenny. Um, yeah, hopefully when we're at Selhurst Park, we're going to beat them. All right, boys, let's turn our attentions to Mezitz. Um, He's left. Is it ding-dong, the witch is gone, or are we sad? What is it? What is it? 
think it's I'm sadness sad. that that that's the way the conversation has to go. You know, you know, like when when he came, when when but you know where you were when I, it was announced I, I, that I, I he, would, was, he was being signed. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. I remember. I remember when he signed. You know how all we were excited, and I remember you know the Sky Sports News the transfer special was going mental, and I remember his first game. I think his first game was Sunderland away. I yes. think he yeah, he gave a far-reaching good. ball to Walcott, didn't he? And Walcott brought it down and scored. So you know, it, it, it's such a it's such a shame because from what for me, if I go first and then you guys can counter or whatnot, Meza Özil was bought to take Arsenal up to that next level. Although he did need a team around him, more of a team around him, we had, but we gave him Sanchez and we gave him, you know, some other good players there. I suppose the problem is we didn't have any sort of like killers uh, in terms of central midfield and, and defensive sort of like stability or whatnot. But I just think that what he what he was supposed to give us, he just wasn't consistent enough. He showed individual brilliance. You know, I've seen over the last couple of days i'm sure you guys have all been going on youtube or you've seen clips being sent to your voice touches like for Giroud's goal against crystal palace like a, a back heel assist um his goal against man man U at home him changing the game against leicester his game against ludicrous i think that's his best goal that he's ever scored for us but he just could not be that consistent guy to go to and i don't believe that that guy who is supposed to be our talisman in a way you can't even take him to away games. And that's, that, that's what, you know, gets me confused a bit because a lot of Arsenal fans now are really being about how, you know, it's a shame about Ozil. He was a great player with his legacy, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of times when these Arsenal fans were really criticising him each game for his behaviour, like getting how he gets substituted and his body language within the game. But also the fact that we couldn't take our highest paying earner to away games. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just sad. It's sad in the end, but... I'm happy nonetheless that the saga's over now. Don't know who wants to follow me that up yeah. <laughs> with that depressing. Meza, the Meza the that we got at the time, the Meza I, I, I kind of saw there's so the Meza we saw at the 2010 World Cup, the Meza we heard about in the league of breaking like European assist records, you know, and then the, the Meza was a part of the 100 point. Jose Mourinho counter-attacking Real Madrid team. So when when he came to Arsenal, I was was full of admiration. I was thinking that he would be the difference maker. And if I could just pinpoint the word difference maker, I don't believe over the course of his uh, this course of the seasons at Arsenal, he was that. Um, now we can look. At some of his best moments, I would say they would say it's a 15-16 season. Yeah, I think he was magical in that season. But then, if we actually look into the stats, I think he got 19 assists in total. Yeah, he was yeah. on the he was on the course of breaking it, and then he breaking just stopped. But, and and you know what? Of 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 that 19, I think he got 16 before the year end. Yeah, yeah. And then he only, and then he got three. Yeah, and he only got yeah. three in 15 games. Um, now I think that was a symptom of. <laughs> Of Arsenal's fall off in the second half of that season, Giroud's goal drought. Yeah, but Sanchez then, was injured and he had a goal drought as well. Yeah, but then I think that's the best we kind of saw of Arsenal, and then maybe the following year um, he was good. But then everything started to tail off after that. 
Um, but look, looking at him, despite like his inconsistencies, he we can't deny his like talent. Um, and at times his ability to create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you spoke about some of those memorable goals, maybe against Luis Gretz. I just remember he torched Liverpool a few times. I think he scored a free kick in yeah. the four-one, four-one, or four-nil, oh, wow. and then and then I think was it was it in two thousand and seventeen when he kind of scored that that memorable game. I think of three-three when he kind of uh, he, he done his little thing when he clips the ball over the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. And you know, even memorable moments against Spurs. Yeah, you know, yeah. when, when he crossed in for Mustafi, Tuna win. He, he's had his moments for sure. Um, and yeah, at, at times he's a brilliant player, but ultimately he wasn't. He he wasn't a difference maker where we needed him to be. And I'm talking about him providing us with sustainable challenges. Um, to the Premier League title in Europe. He just wasn't that player for us. A player of moments, Amari. A player of moments. I think we're maybe forgetting what he did in that first... Well, the impact he had in that first season. We started that 2013-14 season. Loss at, loss at home to Villa. We were off it. And, you know, we signed Ozil. And then we went on this mad run. And we were top of the league until February, I think. I, I, and like he 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 kicked that into gear. Like it coincided with his signing. Ramsey's form as well. Yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe we looked at him as being the main guy when that's just never the play he was meant to be. And I don't think he. I, I, there's a, there's an element of everyone wanted him to do things that just weren't in his in his character that weren't his. The way that he, the way, the way, the way he played football. I think you could see there were, you could see there would be issues in terms of of that expectation on him. I don't know if you remember that Bayern game in his first season. We started like a started like a house on fire against Bayern. He won, he won a penalty, stepped up to take the penalty, and then just like clipped it at Neuer, and it was just a bit lackadaisical, and you start to think, oh, don't know about I'm that. Not- Amari, if I'm just going to break you up here, from, from that moment, I, th- this is me, and a lot of people might think, what the hell is this going about? But from that moment is when I started to be a bit, like, unsure of Merza. Because yeah, I, think, I, I really wanted it. You should have just buried that. But, yeah, yeah, sorry. I think the comment, like, I think in the media, that was when it started as well. I feel like it started already then. Like, people, you know, commenting on his style, and he, he wasn't all, like, up in your face. But... Yeah, I think he, he became a bit synonymous with the fact that our whole midfield was just lightweight and that, yeah, we would go away from home and we'd just get destroyed. And I don't think it was just about him. If we think about the heart of our midfield from when like he was at the peak of his powers, went from being Arteta and, and, and Ramsey at a time when Arteta didn't have the legs and, and Ramsey didn't want to defend, really, to Coquelin and Cazorla and then finally Granite Xhaka. I mean, they're, 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 they're the platform, I don't, I don't think the platform was ever there for him to be at his best. And therefore, we expected him to do things that he was never going to be able to do. And so I think it just went 
it was always, I think, almost destined to to, to fail on that front. Can I can I just put to you guys right because you know I I, I take on board what you guys say about you know maybe he didn't have the right platform and maybe he's not that type of player but coming into the Premier League I sound a bit like Graham Sooners here I'm I'm going to say (laughs) coming into the Premier League right you need to be able to adapt and the reason why I'm going to say that is because there's two other players or one other player in particular who I don't see too much of a difference in terms of style and stature from Ozil and that player was absolutely phenomenal for their team now granted like you guys are saying we, we had a different there was a different base but uh david silver silky player slight nippy all of that even bernardo silver now those sort of players juan mata and yeah. when he first came in as well i kind of see them as similar to meza ozil and I, they were able to adapt their game I, I, I'm, I, we're not saying would, I'm, I'm not saying that i expect ozil to track back and work and you know do all the you know, nitty-gritty defensive stuff. But he's got to bring something different. This league, you need to have a bit more energy about you and whatnot. So that's if you're going to be successful in this league. Even Dennis Bergkamp, look at Dennis Bergkamp. Before our greatest number 10, he had to adapt his game. I think everything we're saying is just the foundation of, like, the manager's kind of manager's view of the game and how some of these players should be deployed. So Wenger, I don't think he was expecting Ozil to do some of the things we kind of seen David Silva just just to over the years with City. He kind of became like a dogged sort of player who was willing to track back, nick the ball off the player and, and, and kind of start possession from there. I think it was just different. I think maybe he was just so used, I'm not making any excuses, but maybe he was just so used to the way things were with Wenger, he wasn't able to adjust to new systems where we were asking, kids? where we were asking more of him, asking him to be a different player. I mean, you can't can't give a player contract extension and and give in to his demands. Maybe where he, you know, he was missing from Wenger, he wasn't training, and then yeah. and he's a superstar. Then uh, they... yeah, I think before we like before we head into that period which i think there becomes a bit more of an issue with 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 Ozil, the, the 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 guy i think i agree in terms of toes you saying he could have been braver there were times when he could have been braver on the ball and like hid away a little bit less but i think again people like silva and matar and um who else did you mention uh, Bernardo Silva. We can even put Bernardo, K- we can even put De Bruyne in that way in sense of De Bruyne's just got a bit more a bit different in terms of his physicality. But I think they had, you know, David Silva never had to care about what was going on behind him because I mean yeah. he would win the ball back. The team was set up in a way they win the ball back early, they attack from the front. But if they don't win the ball back early, Fernandinho is there. Like I don't have to worry. He's he will deal with all of that. And yeah, we like we never really gave him that base, and 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 yeah, I think the issues with the team, there were lots of issues with him, but there were lots of issues with with with, with the way we were structured, the way yeah. our team was structured, the way our midfield was set up. Then, then it gets to like him him at the end of his contract, and I think we gave him that contract in January because we looked at it 
Sanchez is is going. You can't lose them both, and I think that was a mistake. I think that was a big mistake because I think we could have left. I think we knew at that time that our team wasn't working with him in there as the, at the heart of it, and I think we needed to be bold there, and we weren't. Yeah, in in hindsight, that was a big mistake. Um, but we've seen it time and time and again with the club and our handling of um, star players and contract situations. So I can't, I can't say after that point that was, yeah, that was extremely disappointing. Um, I think we start to really see the tail off of his performances up to that point. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, something that really you know also affects me is about his. Some of the times where he's shown a bit of petulance uh, on the on the field uh, and you know reacting to things badly, I, I can think of you know you know just just going back to Lundberg's only uh, game against City, not only games Lundberg's game against City before Arteta came in, when he was subbed off and the way he threw off his gloves and what like look players don't like getting subbed off and anything, but Mezet just has that petulant streak. For me, and I've seen it too. And for a player who, each time, I don't think raises. And in the last couple of years, he he certainly he did not raise his level. And then I go so back to the game in Baku and the um, uh, what's it called, the Europa League final, when he was subbed for uh, was it Joe Willock? Joe Willock came on, and Joe Willock looked a really yeah. a lot busier in that game and whatnot. It's just yeah. things like that. They just, you know, really burn into my mind that that Meza Erzul, like you said, Kibbs, right? Everything mm-hmm. was geared to him. We made him a superstar in our head because we didn't have someone like that. We handed him the contract. Wenger would, you know, Aaron Ramsey says that he was teacher's pet. Um, he d- decided his own, not decided his own training schedules, but, you know, he had time off. Sometimes he didn't go to certain away games, et cetera, et cetera. So we created this and it just it just really came to bite us back with that contract thing. Look, I can't for the for the record, can't you know it's not his fault that he was given three hundred fifty thousand reported or whatever. That's the club's fault and whatnot. But you were given that platform that you were Arsenal's main man, and you just did not respond to that. That's what really guts me in that essence, or some of the way his his attitude was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think definitely the Baku game stands out. There was many a big game where you just see him looking despondent, like not really doing anything to affect the game. Uh, but I always felt like it was a bit unfair that the blame was always laid at his door because one, like we just weren't, we just were completely always open to fail. In the in the in those in those games during that time and and two yeah I just don't think I think I don't think it was sensible to give him that contract at that time and like you like you both said the way that we the status that we gave him in our team was as if he was a difference maker as if he was the guy that was going to be kicking us on and I think we knew that you know maybe Sanchez was that player for yeah. us yeah. But, yeah. I don't think, don't think that was ever Mezet's game. Yeah, I think. Do you know? To deeper point about Mezet, I think there's some misconceptions about him, especially, maybe perhaps in the earlier earlier years that 
you know, he quite looks quite languid. So you always assume that he's not running off the ball, but he actually came on top of like a lot of the performance of running stats. Um, and the me- the message I think we saw was not the measure of before because I think even the measure of before was a player who could maybe assist 25 goals a season but could also notch you 9 or 10 goals. I just... I just think there's a misconception of him and what was expected of him at, mm. at the time. I, th- I think that worked. I think he kind of... I'm saying that. I think it kind of worked to his advantage in that we, he escaped some other criticism which could have been pushed his way. I just wish he was more because he did have a good attacking base. On the, I know the midfield you could say it was a bit flimsy, he was changing. But if you look at some of the players, we had a good like relationship with on the pitch. Yeah, we could have and should have done so much better. Yeah, I mean the thing is, right? You know, there's there's a lot of criticism. You know, I remember that his agent was saying, "You yeah, look, you know, Arsenal have got Olivier Giroud up front, Giroud." He had his he had his bad spells, but Giroud was a very good player for Arsenal. Very good player for Arsenal. Very good player to come on and do things in the box or whatever. But Ozil had at his pomp, he had he had Sanchez with him, right? He had Sanchez and everything was gearing through him. And it's just a shame that when when he was that sort of player, he just didn't carry it on. You talk about that season when he he almost was on the verge of breaking the assist records and then he just went he just went kaput. And stopped there. So I mean, he's he's a player who, you know, Arsenal should be happy that they were able to attract that stature of player to the club. But it's just a shame that he didn't really leave a great legacy behind. And you know, he's just whenever you think of Meza Özil now at Arsenal, you're just going to think some great individual moments, but didn't take us to that level. That's how I, that's how I would sum him up. And that's a real shame. We have some that player, a talented player like that in the club, and that's all we're going to remember about him, if we can. But before that, guys, think, give me your, your last points on Ozil, and then we're going to have your top two Meza Ozil moments, top two Meza Ozil moments in his time. So final words on on Meza. I just think it's. Uh, I don't know what happened this year. Because uh, I don't think it had, I don't think it was necessary to do with, with football. I think we wanted to try and force him out, and uh, yeah, it's a shame that we had that amount. The contract of issue. Sitting. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah the con- I mean, the, 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 sorry, not the, the contract, contract issue. The the um, yeah, the pay cut, the pay cut issue. Sorry, yeah, that's why. Yeah, I mean, again, like you ask a guy to take a pay cut, and he's like, nah. But doesn't I that? Mean, I don't. I don't. But, and Arsenal yeah. went back on Arsenal went yeah. back on everything that they said that pay exactly. So I, I, I don't. I don't think it's fair to, to single him out and and and. Um, but the, but don't you guys think there was always still going to be having to be tightening of the belts? My only thing about this uh, this pay cut thing is just that when you see him on that. Yeah, everyone can question it, and then obviously some people, it's up to them whether they take it or not. And it's it's bad, I have to say, because it sounds as if I'm Ozil bashing, which probably I am. It's bad that he was the only one leaked that didn't take the pay cut. That's bad. That's really bad. Whoever did that from Arsenal, because that's deliberate for us to yeah. get on Ozil's case. That's deliberate. But the only thing I'll say is, at that point, you had someone like Bakayo Saka, who was 
probably earning what twenty thousand, let's say, and he takes a pay cut, and you're yeah. having the team's star player or star contract man not taking a pay cut. So that's just a differential. But sorry, yeah, um, I, I, I can't, I won't tarnish his character. I know that's not what you're doing, but I, I know he's a, from what I've seen. I know he's a very charitable man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good exactly. with Mezet. Um, and as Omari said, <laughs> with that uh, kind of pay cut situation and what actually happened in the end, w- with someone with such a strong like PR, strong management team, like who knows actually what's happened with Arsenal behind closed doors. I, I don't know if we'll ever know, but that's not something that um, I'm going to beat him with a stick about. I, I think... To, to to end my point about him and for maybe another chat later down the line, I think he was <laughs> symbolic of like Wenger's last few years <laughs> and our and our and our decline. I think they kinda of go hand in hand. So perhaps we can come back to this again at another point. Um yeah. but yeah, uh Yeah. Let, let let's leave on a positive note with Master Ozil. For all for all his ups and downs right we can't deny that he was a classy classy footballer and you know arsenal fans were happy to have that player of that class at our club so guys before we go to a break for part three your top two meza erzil moments let's go with you first amari uh probably i should probably put more thought into this before because now i'm thinking of a moment i can't get out of my head but his yeah, his first goal, I think, was a half volley against Napoli. Yeah. In the Champions League. Maybe it's just because it was a Champions League night and I've forgotten what those are like now. <laughs> um, but especially when we used to win them. Um, but yeah, that was that was a serious finish on the half vol inside of his left foot um, into the top corner. Um, great moment. And other favourite Meza Erzl moment. I, I actually just can't get over the, the like the day that he signed and then that the warm up against Sunderland when he was doing that thing with the gum and then like within the first ten minutes he's he's bringing on the board and assisting Giroud and we're just like oh my god like this guy he's gonna and then he was like feeding balls in for Walcott and um, Walcott was missing and you were just thinking yeah this is gonna be something we're gonna get annoyed about going forward but this guy is a real deal. Um, yeah, so I think when he from when he like moment he signed and yeah that goal against that goal against Napoli, they stick out as like big memories for me. Good, good. Kibbs, what are you going for? I think I said a few of them earlier on, but because um, I kind of I looked at the Ludogorets goal and was like, yeah, wow, that's probably his best goal he scored. But maybe maybe the goal against Newcastle, the heart, the volley, yeah. Volley. Yeah, tech. That was when he was trying to get a new contract. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was a lot. That was genuinely. He was on. Oh my god! Sorry. Uh, actually, Kibbs, you Bro. do your next one because I just remembered what probably has to be. Hey, don't kill it for me. I've still got yeah. to go. Go on, Kibbs. Is so is that is it Newcastle and the Degrit or is it Newcastle and something else? Uh, I, I. Do you know what I think? Let me think about this. I want to give him a good like, you, little second. You want to get back? Okay, I'm going to go for mine. If I take one of yours, I'm going to go oh, with that. Wait, 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 wait. If you kill me, I'm not going to be pleased. Go. Wait. 
I think it has to be the FA Cup final beats Chelsea 2016-17. Just being a part of that team at that given moment of time, him and Sanchez were really good that game. Yeah, That's got to be his best moment, I think. Uh, I'm going with I'm going with that Ludogorets goal because that was an exciting game. We we came back into it, and the way Ozil sat down that keeper, and how many times everyone in the world was saying take it now, and he refused. He sat him down. He sat him down again, and then from the angle to make it. So that Ludogorets goal, and also as well, just the Leicester home game where it was just like Meza Ozil just ran the show. He he, he scored the first goal to make it. 1-1. One, one. Then the second half was just him connecting with Aubameyang and Lacazette. And that, that Aubameyang goal is the most... That probably, for me, is still the most... Post-Wenger, that's probably still my favourite Arsenal goal. Barring Aubameyang's goal against Tottenham. But let's just look at that as a team goal and just beautiful football. That goal that Aubameyang scored with Mezet step over and playing it and then Playing it again, yeah. That that's for that's it for me. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, that game needed a mention because it was a ridiculous. His performance that day was ridiculous, yeah. and I thought, oh, okay, Emery's unlocked him, but yeah, he never showed it again. But yeah, yeah I don't know about this Ludogorets game getting so many mentions because it's a game against Ludogorets, man. But, but <laughs> anyway, we oh. needed we needed we needed it to qualify in that season so that we Champions get, League, we Champions get, League, so that we could get battered by Bayern. Okay. Yeah. All right, boys. Let's let's uh, let's let's break for now. We'll be back right after this, and it will be uh, part three where we're going to preview the upcoming uh, Southampton FA Cup game. Get into some uh, predictions, top fives, and high five and throw a pie. So we'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Toes from the Temperamental Guna podcast. You can contact us at tpguna at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at tpguna. And you can also find us on Instagram at temperamentalgunas. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, and we're back. For the third part of the Temperamental Gooners podcast, I'm still here with Amari and Kibbs. So we're just going to uh, preview the Southampton uh, FA Cup game. We've got two games uh, with Southampton in the next uh, couple of matches. Um, so first one, FA Cup at uh, at St. Mary's. Uh, it's not been a good ground for us of, of late, um, so I'm a bit concerned. Uh, Amari, how do you think we're going to, how do you see this one? Uh, a difficult one to call just because I think Southampton are a decent side. I think both teams will probably make a couple changes given that we've got a game like the exact same fixture again on Tuesday. Uh, I think, yeah, it's just going to be, it'll be a tight game. I think it'll be a tight game. It might start slowly just because of the fact that there'll be a few changes. Um, and But yeah, Arteta, Arteta normally gets it done in the cup, so let's see if he can do it again. Who, who, who do you want to see in without going through like whole the team. whole team lineup? Who, who, which players do you want to see come in? Do you know what the players that came in against Newcastle in the cup were so poor? Uh, 
I want to see I want to see Pepe because I want to see him have a good game, and I I feel like if nothing can encourage him, it, it, like if Saka's performances don't don't drive something out of him, it's a shame. And uh, so as not to step too much on Kibbs's toes, I'll just say one more. Uh, Maitland Niles, I want him to play somewhere that he can actually, you know, there's no excuses for him. They probably felt a bit sorry for himself on that left hand side. I don't want to play here. Like, let's let put him at put him at right back, or bring him in at um, centre midfield or something. Let's just see. Let's just see what he's got somewhere. Um, see if we can get some some a higher level of performance out of him because I don't think he's really performed since maybe even that Community Shield game. Can't remember him like put, turning in a decent performance since then. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but. Europa League games, but I mean, there's oh, not yeah, he anything. did play well in the midfield uh, in the Europa League. Oh, yeah, that's true, but yeah, yeah. Um, so what, so what do I think, firstly? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Which, which players do you know, which players do you want to see come in? You know, um, yeah, uh, I'd like to see Martinelli to be fair. If he's not been, I haven't seen him for a few games, so if it's if you know we're going to stick with that team in the Premier League, it'd be good to see him start a game. It, I imagine that he might be starting a few of the upcoming Premier League games anyway. But I'd like to see him on the pitch because I'd like us to continue our tradition in the FA Cup of getting to the latter rounds. So I think he could be quite effective. Um, it's not likely at all, but I'm going to have to say Balogun. I really would like to see him. You know, we I thought he was gone when we saw those reports about 15 clubs interested in him and then his agents come out and said, you know, he just wants us to have a chance to play. I would really like to see him start a game, but I know that's not likely. So, yeah. I think, I think I'm similar to Amari in that I really want Nicolas Pepe to have a good game. I, I really do feel that we can get something out of him. I actually want to see him play behind the striker personally uh, and see if the kind of job in, in terms of receiving the ball uh, and maybe playing some quick one-twos, but we know he struggles with that. We know his problem is he holds on to it, but I just want to see maybe his creativity drops a shoulder lure someone in and then able to pass it on or even him have a shot from that area so I'd like to see him come in I'd also like to see a bit of Callum Chambers actually because I think that um, yeah. I- I'd like to see him get a run out I think Callum Chambers uh, struggled with the whole when he was injured uh, sorry I-, I think he was doing really well when he when in- Arteta initially came in and then obviously he's had his injury and he hasn't had too many opportunities to get back to show what he can do in the first team so I'd like to see him get a go. And obviously Martinelli. Uh, I think there's one player who I don't want to see, if I'm just going to shout, and that's our, our boy, uh, Willian. Uh, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather see him sit on the bench, but I think that's, I think he's probably going to start. So, yeah. Why, why are you choosing to give him heat? You didn't have to do that to the guy, man. Uh, you, know, oh, you, you, guys know, you, you guys already know what's coming. All right, there's still a section of the show to go, so you guys already know what's coming, and I'm going to justify guy, why. Man. I would be happy. I'll be happy for him to get a goal, man. I'm not hating on him. I'm not it's actually, brilliant. It's actually like like, like Joe Pesci, beyond, right? I'm like getting. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm going beyond like angry with him now. Yeah, I'm just so like, fun. you just look a shadow. He came on against the um, desperate situation. Newcastle. He's standing. He's standing in front of that free kick like he thought he could score. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. We all know you don't actually believe you can score it. <laughs> like straight into the wall. Like yeah. this bloody wall. <laughs> like... Oh yeah, I just want to see that William from last season when he was doing the most for Chelsea when he was after that extended contract. I think the guy Yo. is gone, mate. I need receipts, man, because I'm not sure if he was actually doing the most for Chelsea. We might need to get a a Chelsea fan. Look, can you tell us like whether he was actually good? Because he looked fire on match of the day. I swear, every time I sat down to watch match of the day over the last like ten years, Willian had a good game. Yeah. All of a sudden, (laughs) this guy's just that. Yeah, ineffective. All right, all right. Let's let's go for uh, match predictions for the FA Cup. Fourth round, Southampton at St. Mary's. So uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to reckon, guys, if we're going to get something. It's got to be done on the day, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be positive on this one. I'm going to go for uh, I'm going to go for a two-one victory. Uh, it's going to be very very tough, but it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to go two-one. Uh, what are you going for, uh, Kibbs? All right. So I think we haven't lost against Southampton in the last four games and I think the last time we had them in the FA Cup we won 5-0 yeah so... I think Maitland Niles was playing in central midfield that game actually yeah that? that was a while ago right 2017 2017 yeah. so I think we'll get through this I think I'm more worried about the the following fixture so I reckon yeah 2-0 2-0 2-0 alright Kibbs is getting you 2-0 alright uh <laughs> He wants the predictions league. Come uh, on, top spot. All right, Amari, what are you going with? Uh, yeah, I'm going two one. Two one. Okay, two uh, one. All right, all right. Uh, let's turn our attentions to our our top five. Are uh, you? You said two one, didn't you? Just now. All right. Yes. All right. Top <clears throat> top five. Uh, Kibbs, uh, let's start with you. So in your top five, you had Kieran Tierney, uh, Granite Xhaka, Emil Smith Rowe. Bakaya Saka, Lacazette, anyone uh, dropping in and who are you bringing in instead or are you happy with that? It's a hard decision, you know, because Xhaka, you've been doing well, man. Um, I can't get rid of Lacazette. Uh, do you know what? Can I, can I make as many changes as I want to, yeah? Or just the one? It's up, mate, it's up to you. It's your top I'm, five. I'm basing this on performances and performances only, yeah. Alright, okay. So, like I said, because he didn't score and Orba got those two, he's coming in. So Orba's coming in, right? Orba is co- Orba's coming in, right? Okay. okay. Um, and Shaka has gone as well. It, who's replacing Shaka? Party. Uh, okay, yeah. All right, all right. Thomas Party comes in. Okay, Aye. that's a bit of a change up. Two changes. Uh, Amari, who, who's uh, your top five was uh, Pablo Mari, Granite Shaka. Uh, Kieran Tierney, Bakaya Saka, and Emil Smith Rowe. Listen, I, I think Pablo Mari, it might be a better player than we thought. I might just have a crush on him, to be fair. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know why he's, he, yeah, won him back in the team. But anyway, um, yeah, I'll have to change him for upholding. I think, um, and I think, uh, you know, we'll leave Grant Jacker in. I'll, I'll bring I'll bring Partey in when we do the next pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> He'll be coming in soon. Uh, I think, you know what, guys? I think I'm just going to leave mine as it is. I can't really take Rob. The only person to take out would be Rob Holding. Uh, but I think, you know, he's he's done he's done fair. He's done pretty well. So, you know, he might get replaced by Thomas Party if he starts to have getting into his groove. And Lacazette, yeah, he hasn't scored in his last game, but, you know, that would be harsh on him. He's, he's still yeah. contributing a lot. So, yeah, uh, I'm keeping mine the same. I'm keeping mine the same. I'm, I'm winning. I'm, I'm, like, trigger happy, man. <laughs> you know, this, this Southampton game that we played in the Cup last, I don't remember this at all. And the don't remember it. He gave them a good smoke the, in there. Firstly, yeah, goal scorers are silly. And the lineup is mad. Um, Oxley Chamberlain playing. You guys, he? can you guys guess the lineup? Random, uh, bringing it in. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I know Main, Maitland Niles did. I know Oxley Chamberlain did because Oxley Walcott. had a very good game. Theo yeah. Walcott scored that game as well. Yeah, did, think... he, did he score? He scored a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. Uh, goalkeeper. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna think Oxley that was. No, I'm going to say Chesney. Was oh, it Ospina? Was it I don't think Chesney even was at the club. Yeah, he was he, had he gone by then? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, Ospina, okay, you've called it. I think that's all I can remember, really. Uh, I know there was another young player, I think, but I can't remember who that was. Who was yeah. that? Misery. Uh, Jeff so Rene Adelaide Mustafi. played in midfield. Oh, the Jeff. Yeah, the Jeff. Jeff Mustafi really? and Holding at Yeah, Jeff, he was going to be the next one. Uh, Mustafi and Holding. Oh, wow. And Gibbs at left back. Gibbs? Oh, yeah. Man, it feels like Gibbs left back. Right? Yeah, I it's been a while. Four ago. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has been four years. Wow. Man. Yeah, wow. crazy. 5-0. That, that game, but to be fair, Southampton's starting lineup was... It was dross. But... That, time, that time of the show, boys, everyone's talking about it. High five and throw a pie. So uh, I think I've usually asked you guys to go first. I'm going to go first here. Uh, I'm going to high five again this week. Uh, it has to be young Emil. It's tough between him and Bukaya Saka, but I'm going to high five young Emil Smith-Rowe. I just think he's growing. He's, he's really growing and he's showing that he's got a part to play with us this season. I just don't want to hype him up too much. and. Uh, it's a bit obvious who I'm going to pie. Uh, it's Willian again. And, you know, you guys may call it a vendetta. The reason why I'm pieing him is when he came on, he had this big smile as if, you know, we were 3-0 up, as if it was just a coasting, not really him looking serious, as if he wanted to do something. And, yeah, again, in his first sprint, he didn't look as if he could run. So, yeah, I can see you laughing, Amari. It's the truth. So, yeah, he's getting he's getting a pie again from me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that it. is a that is a vendetta. Like the guy, the guy's smiling because we're winning. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's the and way he smiled. Heat. It's the way he smiled oh, when he came on. God. You know, you know what, boys? Let me tell you the re- the reason. And I thought to myself, why am I going to do this? I've seen that before, and when I saw that before, that was just before Arsenal capitulated when they were like four two up against Spurs, and I think it was Kieran Gibbs who came on smiling. And then he gave the ball away and it was four. <laughs> and then we drew 4-4 at the Emirates when uh, uh, Jermaine Jenner scored that last goal. Or was it Jenner's? Or was it, yeah, Darren, uh, or was it Ben? 
Oh, I no, it was Gen- Lennon off of, Gen- off of Genius. Yeah, Lennon. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that haunts me. That's why William's getting a pie, because I've seen that before. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Kibbs, over to you. Who are you high-fiving? Yeah, Sean Sweet, uh, Leno, big up Leno. Five clean sheets. Good shout. Um, last five games, been impressed with him. Made the saves when he's needed to. Just solid, man. Uh, and I am um, pieing. Scott, I'm going to be ruthless. Eddie. Um, wow. I'm, I'm, poor Eddie. Poor Eddie. <sighs> yeah, poor Eddie. Just because I prefer to see Balogun, you know, get a run of games. And when Eddie has come on recently or started, he hasn't really done much. He looked like a bit of a deer in headlights when he came on against Palace. It was like he didn't mm. even think. But but not too much slander these young boys. Are, like, I, I, I wish the best yeah. and hope the best for him. Yeah, I could never be pieing him. But, you know. <laughs> he's, he's got it. He's got. I can't. <laughs> I can't do William again. I can't do Pepe again. It's... Well, don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry, Kibbs, because I am definitely pieing Pepe. Because uh, okay, all right, <laughs> go for it. Go for it, Amari. Go for oh, it. Who high five I really wanted. Uh, right, I'll start with my high five then. Yeah, my high five is 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 going to abate one. I'm going to Emma Smith Rowe as well, just because. Yeah, I'm loving. I'm loving watching him play. Um, really, really enjoying it. And yeah, the pie's going to Pepe, but I really hope that one day I can give him a high five. <laughs> just quick, quick one, boys, as well. Uh, Socrates. Yeah, just goodbye to Socrates. I think he has, has his um, contract been terminated. Yeah. I think good servant just fell out of favour. Yeah. He was okay. Yeah. I liked <laughs> I liked when he was like dishing out the FA Cup medals at the end <laughs> of the final last year. I thought I was like, oh, he doesn't even feel bad that like, yeah, you know, he didn't even play. I, mean, just, well, I think he got on the pitch in the last like minute or so. He was like, Socrates. oh, yeah. Socrates, I mean, he was a sturdy defender. I think, you know, the, the, the two things that are unfortunate for me that will stick out in my head is just his, he, he was very, very careless in the box at times. Like, I can remember, like, him bumbling over Harry Kane in the box when we had just got it to 2-2 in a North London derby. Uh, and it was just like, you don't do that there. You really don't do that there. Uh, uh, and I, I, I think, and I think that the game for me that was toast for him was that Watford game when we were 2-0 up and we were trying to play out from the back. Oh, game. We were trying to play out from the back and Socrates made a humongous <laughs> mistake and another mistake afterwards. So we drew 2-2. We conceded like how many shots that game? Was it like 32 shots or something yeah, stupid? Uh, goal. So yeah, Socrates, I mean, good servant, but you know, yeah, he, he, he's not in Arteta's uh, mind for the game and he was he struggled to pass out from the back but yeah, yeah. we all do I can't pass out from the back so what, yeah fair enough what, wasn't he finding himself like playing as a fullback like yeah he was he wasn't quick enough for that man right back. yeah, yeah in the yeah. FA some FA Cup games yeah. Um, yeah but yeah yeah so- Socrates man him and Louise to be fair quite poor together like <laughs> <laughs> Can have these together, but yeah, very funny. Quite Laurel and Hardy. Quite poor. <laughs> All right, boys, that is it. That is the end of another episode of the Temperamental Gooner podcast. We'll be back next week uh, when we're probably going to be talking, uh, uh, well, previewing the uh, the league game for Southampton, and then uh, talking previewing the Man U game, and hopefully. Hopefully, by that time, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be through to the next round of the FA Cup. So that's a goodbye from me. 
See ya. Catch you, boys. Peace. Well done, boys.